It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This shit got content claimed for having a shitty name song. So fuck LCDC and fuck you. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's episode 71 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host. Sal is here. What's up, buddy? How are you tonight, sir? We are here. We are live on Twitch, baby. We're live on Twitch, daddy, for all of our viewers, all of our admirers. That's the wrong wrong roads you're doing for this show. (laughs) Isn't he always here? Isn't he always just here in spirit? It's in our hearts. Yes. I don't know where Dustin is. That guy just fucked right off. But, you know, it's fine. He got a bicycle. Uh, How was your week? It was all right. It was all right. It, uh, yeah, we finished... Uh, I finished Little Nightmares on Monday and started doing the DLC. And then Tuesday, I got very frustrated with the DLC and uh, just kind of uh, made me think that the whole stream was terrible. Um, but that's my brain, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm back to work. Work is work is busy. Uh, work sucks for me. So um, magically, because this has literally never happened before. I met with H&R Block last Wednesday, and we did our taxes, and I already got my refund. And I'm like, I think I think ours is in. Based on the amount that was in the account when I checked earlier, I think I think our refund is in, but I'd have to check to be sure. So I was shocked because it literally took one week, and I was like, wow, that never happened. Usually it's at least three weeks. Um, and we get the direct deposit and everything like that. But most of it's already gone because I've been waiting for something to use to pay a bunch of back bills um, and new tires and all that other fucking shit. So it's sad that it's all gone or most of it's gone. But it's also nice that like everything's like all set. It's like a big, you know, like someone took a big load off my shoulders. That's what we're all about on this show. Big loads. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was right there. I mean, I don't blame you at all. It's what I do. It's what I do for my day job, and that's what I do here on the podcast. You want to talk about the WWE champion? No, Drew, Drew McIntyre. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't go into that conversation here. I did enough of that talking on Tuesday on the WWE Rundown. Check me out on that show. Where yeah, I a, argued with a, everyone. Everyone! That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a you fight. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I haven't watched fucking... Uh, <gasps> Did you watch Hell in a Cell yet? I, I was just going to say, I haven't watched Hell in a Cell yet. So. <sighs> that's a good one. And then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> all I know all I know is... Uh, I mean, obviously, I know the Miz is champion now. But all, all I know is that uh, Randy Orton did an Ultimate Warrior impression. That's all I've got. Okay, so I thought he did, but it was pointed out to me that 
he didn't throw up nothing. He just crushed a packet in his hand. And I'm like, oh, that's even dumber. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a catcher packet and just be like, whoosh, ah, my head. More, more on that when we talk about dynamite. <laughs> God Almighty. Oh my God. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about when we get there. Astra says she's a file on April fourteenth kind of person, which is, you know, if you don't if you don't want your money. But. Right, right. See, that's my problem. Is like every year, especially because for some reason, you know, I spend money on the Christmas season, and then January for some reason I always have a ton more bills. Like I had to pay a deductible before I was able to to pick up. Um, my wife's insulin this month which is like totally not fair because she fucking needs that to live but the insurance was like no you have to meet your deductible for the year so that will be seven hundred dollars and i'm like excuse me <laughs> but that's the thing yeah insurance i get all these fucking bills in january and then february it's a short month so that my bills are due sooner so i'm literally waiting at the mailbox for my you know w-2 forms and and whatnot and then, like, running to block and be like, please, please file, please process, please give me my refund. If I owned a house, it would be, like, the last day before they foreclose my house. <laughs> Ours just automatically comes out. That being said, I've never been late on my car payment. Not once. So maybe, just maybe, I can get a decent fucking car next time so, around. So we know we know what's important to sell. Fuck yeah, man. Car, <laughs> insulin. <laughs> That's uh, not uh, true. That is 100% uh, not true. <laughs> um, let's just move right along. So, <laughs> hey, I like your shirt. I like your Red Sox shirt. Thanks. I have no idea who's on the back. I don't remember from when I put it on this morning. Probably Ramirez. Hanley, Manny, anybody else named Ramirez that's been on the team? I'll turn. I'll turn around later. You can tell me. So, this was a uh, this was a very interesting week for AEW. Um, we didn't talk before the show. A little peek behind the curtain. Do you have news for tonight? Yeah. Okay. Because there's a <laughs> A couple things we got to talk about. We'll get there when we get there. Let's begin with BTE, episode 244, entitled... Nepotism! Just because they named their fucking YouTube show that does not mean it's okay. Okay? We're going to do BTE a little bit different tonight. Oh, okay. Instead of me recapping every single motion, like Hangman lifts his arm, and then he takes a drink, and then he puts his arm down. No. We're going to go segment by segment. I'm going to sum up the segment. You give me any notes you have on the segment. Okay. We start with the cold open. The Bucks are backstage with the Good Brothers. They thank Ellis and Anderson, but wonder what the fuck took them so long. What took them so long is they needed to jerk off. No, that's, that's for real. I thought it was that they had to shit. No, dude. Catching a kid means jerking off. I must have missed that. 
it's as gross as it sounds uh any comments on or notes on this cold open uh the only thing i wrote down was the first thing that came to mind when i saw the good brothers on my screen fuck um it has been discussed that Meltzer made a comment. I'm sorry, Tuna made a comment. Uh, that this is good storytelling. I don't know how, and I don't know on what planet, but that's okay. Maybe maybe there are some things I'm just not supposed to know the answer to. The great mysteries of life. Yes. Like why it's okay to, you know, intimate that you're jerking off. Instead of helping your friends who are getting beat up. Just so all Luke Gallows does these days. Carl Anderson jumped in the bathroom, too. He went in the other bathroom. He went, he went in the women's room. bathroom. Yeah, that was a little weird. Title sequence. I think that makes it a crime. It does. Yeah. Actually, he would have to register as a sex offender if he was caught in there. <laughs> Fucking pervert. Uh, segment one. The Bucks are at the airport with their parents. Notes. Uh, I don't. I didn't know Billy Kidman was the Bucks' dad. No, you don't think that looked like Billy Kidman? Billy the Kidman's ponytail. Fatter. Billy Kidman's what? Fatter. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. The ponytail made me think of Billy Kidman. Also, not as old. I mean, not that far off. He doesn't look as old. Fine. I was Talk trying to think of an to old like wrestler. 84. I was trying to think of an old wrestler that I could say that would make you pop, and it didn't work. So, Should I have went with Robert Gibson? <laughs> Jack Briscoe. <laughs> that, there you go. That might have worked. My saving You got any notes on the Bucks with their parents at the airport? Nope. Oh, me neither. Segment two, Kenny play Street Fighter. Champion edition. I used to love that edition. Uh, Kenny does lose one round, but other than that, he dominates. Because he was Sagat, you see. I used to always call him Sagat. It's Bob Sagat. <laughs> now I want to see Bob Sagat with an, with an eye patch in a fighting game. Tiger uppercut. Any notes on the arcade? Nope. Good. Segment. See, this is flowing much better. <laughs> segment, segment three. Bunny contaminates cut, Cutler's coffee, but her husband fucks it up. Any notes on this segment? She, was she trying to poison him? The fuck was she spraying into the coffee? I feel like it was hairspraying. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It was just. It was a little weird. Um, it's bad enough that she made every possible noise that she could make while she was doing this. And Cutler is just oblivious and did not notice this. Um, but he's just we about... We have established that Brandon Cutler is a fucking moron. True. But he's just about to take a sip of coffee and then he doesn't because Blade comes in? I'm... I don't know. They need you for a bit. Shouldn't Blade want to beat up Brandon Cutler? Shouldn't everyone want to beat up Brandon Cutler? Fair. Um, also, why did Allie need to wear her bunny ears for this segment? Because she's a bunny. I thought Allie hated Brandon Cutler. She, she's a bunny. I didn't know Bunny hated Brandon Cutler. 
Scooby she's a bunny. Speaking of bad ponytails, segment four, Matt Hardy brags about tricking Hangman and tries to recruit Mike Posey and TH2. Also, Hardy pays TH2 $3,700. Which, that looked like a really light $3,700. No, but there were a couple of grants in there. Uh-huh. Or whatever the fuck, whoever the fuck it was. Uh, a couple of thousand dollar bills. Sure, sure. Uh, any notes on this segment? Uh, I, I, I have one, uh, the, the one note that I wrote is the one thing that pops into my head whenever Matt already comes on my screen. Fuck. What? What the fuck? Why did he try to recruit Mike Posey? <laughs> if you need I representation, care. I mean, I could be your agent. He's like, really? The fuck? Also, get on dynamite. Also, twelve dollars. Also, also, Mark Quinn must have COVID. <laughs> I mean, and they stole MVP's chain. What mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> in 2020, he literally did a VIP lounge while wearing a chain, a VIP chain. So that was the that was the first thing I thought of. What? Well, uh, fucking gimmick infringement! These fucking people. Okay. Segment five: The Bucks again. <clears throat> Thank Cutler for their help for his help last week by giving him a dynamite match with Swagger. Oh, no, you no, can't, say, that. You can't say that. They own their name. Sorry, Jake Hager. Uh, after Cutler leaves, because they tell him he earned it, by the <coughs> way, which I thought was hilarious. After Cutler leaves, they're like, nothing wrong with a little bit of nepotism. I thought nepotism was only with your family. I thought it Is was it also with friends? I thought that's a very good question. We should find that out. Nepotism. Why the fuck are you going to the app store? <laughs> Download that app called Nepotism. Nope, favoring relatives or friends. Relatives or friends over anybody else, because that's exactly what... Just because they call it out on BTE doesn't make it okay! Since <laughs> what AEW is fucking founded on, bro. Let me get this straight. So not only do they practice nepotism in every fucking angle in their company, they brag about it? Wow. You gotta be a special kind of cock to do that. Anything to pop the smarks. Apparently. Uh, yeah, fuck this segment. Seriously. Uh, segment six, now we're getting somewhere. Go ahead. Do you have notes? You didn't ask if I had notes. I apologize, this is new. I wrote, uh, I did chuckle when, when they said, uh, we'll talk to the powers that be. Which is us. <laughs> we'll talk to ourselves. Well, we're, uh, we'll talk to the powers that be. See see what they think about it. Wait, that's us. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. I did you have a little chuckle there. All right. Now the good part. Now the good part. Finally, because everything... What was everything else? It was just box, 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 Matt Hardy, box, box. <laughs> far too, far too little Dark Order this week. Yes. The main event of BTE, the Dark Order. Um, <laughs> the Dark Order put themselves over and gush about Hangman and how good he fucks and how often. <laughs> that's, one of my, that's one of my notes because it made me laugh out loud. Just the way Uno said, I guarantee that that man has intercourse at least once a week. 
And then they start chanting, Hangman fucks. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, he shows up hammered because it's Hangman. And he's like, wait, are you guys saying Hangman fucks? And I, I, I thought of that Simpsons moment. And I forget, it was something very similar. He's like, are you guys saying, or are you saying Boo Earns? No, I was saying Boo Earns. <laughs> um, Hangman loves it. He's like, Hangman fucks. Hangman fucks. Did you have any, did you have any other notes from the segment? Because I did have a couple. Uh, I lulled. Uh, I, I was curious uh, who made the Brody painting in the background. Yes, that was really nice. Um, fucking jump cut out of nowhere in the middle there to the, to the point where I had to, I had to rewind it just to make sure that it wasn't like that it actually happened. Uh, what yes. the fuck? I don't know what the fuck they had to edit around, but holy crap. Um, and then, yeah, the part at the very end made me, uh, made me happy. The meat what? No, Uno was proud of five. Oh, what? until this week. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, Okay, here's my notes. Cat pajamas, bee's knees, and frog pussy. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're putting themselves over, and he's like, we're the cat pajamas, we're the bee's knees, we're the frog pussy. And everyone's like, wait, what? I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's I don't think a thing that's a people thing. say. Yeah, my mom said it all the time. <laughs> Um, I put noticeably no Anna J. Sadness here. Mm. Um, so the Dark Orders say, listen, you know, we don't want to put any pressure on you. We totally understand that you don't want to join, but how about like we can be friends with benefits? <laughs> and I wrote down Dark Order Special Counsel Hangman Page. <laughs> Also, I personally love that he's like, let me get you guys' numbers. And he's like, well, I'm one because I'm Uno. And then Colt's like, I'm eight because I'm the eighth guy who joined. He's like, no, no, like your your cell phone numbers? And what's the first number that uh, five gave Paige? What was his was phone number? Five, five, five. Mm-hmm. Five, five, five. Mm-hmm. Five, 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 five. What was the last two? Uh, five, five. Okay. <laughs> I like I like tens. Tens spelled out cocaine, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way that he said it. I obviously I didn't write down what it was, and and, and it's not what spells cocaine because there were ones in there, and there's no letters on the ones. <laughs> it's like spells out cocaine, bro. And they're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. He goes, I, I don't actually have a phone. I don't actually have a phone, but that spells like that's how you spell cocaine. <laughs> uh, um, oh yes, so I think when crowds come back, like in full force, we'll get meat chance. Ten does coke. Ten does coke. No, I dug the meat chant at the end. Meat, 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 meat. Hey, hangman, do you like meat? I do like meat. <laughs> And then, like you said, yes, Uno is like, Five, I'm very proud of you. I don't know why. I thought he was going to be like, because you finished all the emails. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then and then he almost died on Dynamite. But anyway, 
Uh, no, that was that was a good segment. That was the only good segment on DC this week. Uh, segment seven, if you want to call it that, it was like forty-five seconds. Heartbreak Kid Sammy Guevara poses Thank me with you. the BT title. Thank you. That was my note as well. Enjoy him fighting with his mom for the title on that other vlog. Yeah. So, in storyline, where is Sammy? Like, he quit and he just went home? He took his yeah. ball and he, pull, he pulled an Austin. He took his ball and he went home. Basically. So, maybe he shows back up at Revolution? It's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this week's BT was uh, not really that good. Oh, wait. Sorry. I'm sorry. There's one more segment. Segment there eight. Was. Segment eight. Cutler always sleeps at the airport. Note. I don't care. <laughs> Note. Why is this a thing? I don't know. But I've, I actually had a thought that they were going to take his glasses off of Cutler and put them on Daniels and be like, look, it's Brandon Daniels. Because <laughs> Daniels was sleeping too, right? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I would not trust those assholes to sleep around. Like, yeah. I would not fall asleep around those people. No. That's when you get dicks on your face. Right? And your eyebrows shaved off. Now, both both real and Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, BT was was a whole lot of nothing this week. Um, Pretty much. Pretty much. So, I did happen to catch the YouTube special on Monday night for the women's tournament. Okay. Um, it was okay. It was weird the way they did it because they did one match. The first match was Ty Conti, Ty, yeah, Ty Conti versus Nyla Rose in the states. Then we went to Japan, like you know, we cut to Japan for those two matches, and then we went back to the states. So they bookended, but I don't know why you just wouldn't, whatever. Um, the Ty Conti Nyla Rose match was actually not bad. Ty Conti didn't botch anything. And she almost won, which I would have much preferred. But you know, uh, the other matches were fine. That obviously, you know, everybody in Japan can work. Um, there was one thing that happened. I don't know if they brought it up on Dynamite, really, but it does bear mentioning. So, Emmy Sakura lost to the magical girl Yuka Sakazaki. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Emmy Sakura also had, like, these two, for lack of a better term, young girls with her, like, in the young boys way. So, after the match, all three of them beat down Yuka, and who should make the save but AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida? Oh, I didn't know she was over there. I mean, I did, but I didn't, like, it's not like they told us that, right? Um, Hikaru Shida comes out to make the save... Like, bad guy, James Bond, white suit. It was weird. I'm like, is she part of the Japanese mafia over there or something? Like, didn't make sense to me. 
Um, Aja Kong and Rio, not that one, uh, beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> that was a good match. And then Britt Baker fought the substitute. And she jumped her before the match, which was nice heel heat. And then um, they had a decent match, but Britt pretty much dominated, and she won that too. So, right, it was all right. Um, you know what? So it's bad enough, though, that they don't put all the matches for the tournament on Dynamite. It's bad enough that they put it on a YouTube show. Somehow, some way, they actually found a way to make the <clears throat> remaining matches in the tournament even harder to access because the finals for Japan and the finals for America, or at least one of the semifinals, I don't know, is going to be on Bleacher Report this Sunday. Yep. So I can't watch it on YouTube? Nope. So you're actually telling me that I I do want to watch this and I can't. I'm like not allowed to. You can watch it through Bleacher Report. Be our live. You know, AW's a bunch of fucking assholes sometimes. Be our live. Watch that shit on Be Our Live. Let's make the women's tournament as inaccessible as possible. The, the, the way they schedule it out is so bizarre, too. We're going to do the entire women's first round on YouTube on Monday, but we're going to do the, or the Japan first round. But the American first round, we're going to split that over two weeks and YouTube. And then we'll do the, we'll do both semifinal Japan matches on YouTube, but one of them on, on you, no, one of them on Dynamite and one of them on BR Live. But then we've got the other one, the, the, then the women's final will be here. And then, but then the final final will be on Dynamite. It's like fucking Jesus Christ. It's almost like it they don't was care about their women's event. That and it was very hastily thrown together, and it was just a response to people be like, "Hey, how come you did a men's tournament, not a women's?" Because there are rankings, you see. <laughs> I have a note on that later. Speaking of which, Dinamite episode seventy-four. Yeah, sure. We begin with Jim Ross. Desperately trying to remember what day of the week it is. Did you hear that? No. You know how he usually says it's Wednesday? You know what that means? He goes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. And I'm like, he completely had a moment. He had a senior moment where he forgot what day of the week it was. To be fair, it was probably two in the morning. No, I thought this was live. No. This was not live. Next week is live. Oh, so you mean he almost said Thursday, but then caught himself? Probably. (laughs) Um, Out comes former AEW world champion John Moxley and Justin Roberts. Tells us our opening contest. Go ahead. Yes, next week is live, because next week is the go-home for Revolution. Yes, and next week's a big deal with Shaq there. Dynamite Crossroads. What the fuck that means? Why the... They're going to show that Britney Spears movie. <laughs> uh, Justin Roberts tells us our opening contest is scheduled for one fall. Match number one, John Moxley versus Ryan Ziegler. We get a terrible, awful 
Goldman box promo from Ryan. And he begins the match by getting his face slapped off by Mox. Mm-hmm. Mox viciously... Well, he first, first off, he immediately tries the Dolph DT. Oh, yeah, he... he... But just gets but just gets thrown off. Yeah, he couldn't connect with that. Yes. Uh, Mox viciously lays in crossface after crossface to Ryan's jaw. Uh, Ryan tries to make a comeback with a throat thrust and some knees to the midsection, but Mox flattens him with a backdrop suplex. Mox nails a clothesline in the corner, but Ryan comes back with a drop kick. Now, I'm not kidding you. I wrote, and this match is already going on too long. Mm-hmm. As I write that, Mox locks in a guillotine choke and then transitions into the paradigm shift for the win. Still yeah. too long. <laughs> I wrote, see, I wrote, that was too competitive. It, right? That match should have been six seconds. Yes. That should have been kick wham paradigm. Done. Because for fuck's sake, he's fighting for the world title. Next he's, he's John Moxley. He's the one guy who's been your babyface world champion. And he has a competitive match. Uh, uh, granted, it was a very short match, but still, there was too much back and forth. I get It's still technically a jobber match because he beat him in under three minutes. But why is Ryan Nemeth getting anything? Even if you wanted to do more than the paradigm shift, you could have just done the cross faces and then a clothesline and then the paradigm shift. That's it. No yeah. need for the fucking throat thrust or the drop kick. None of that. Come on. Nope. <sighs> Mox grabs a mic and a steel chair and sits down on said chair and says he will do whatever it takes to win the belt back. Yes. He sits backwards on the chair. Ooh, he's cool. Like that cool guidance counselor from high school. <laughs> He asks, what comes to your mind when you hear the words exploding barbed wire deathmatch? Adam, what comes to your mind when you hear the words exploding barbed wire deathmatch? Shit I don't want to watch. What comes to my mind is Mick Foley mutilating himself. There's always that one. Remember when Foley. Okay. Probably not. Do you remember? This was. This, I guarantee you do remember this. Foley was like coming out of that mankind persona it was like late 97 and he was having this interview with jr remember that and and then like he went all like shooty on jr and like tried to like beat him up vaguely remember it not really all right well whatever in in all of the mick foley like videos where they would show him like jumping off the roof this dude love and all the other shit there was one shot of him in a barbed wire death match getting blown up by, like, a fucking landmine. And that always stuck with me, and that's what I think of when I think of barbed wire death matches. Now, that being said, uh, Moxley says he's addicted to garbage wrestling. I mean, he doesn't actually say garbage wrestling. I think he said he's addicted to blood and guts. The match? No. (laughs) The match beyond? And he can't fucking wait to get into a bloodbath with Omega at Revolution. You get nothing for that. <laughs> he promises win, lose, or draw, he will give everything he has when he dies in the ring live on pay-per-view. Okay. Your thoughts on the promo? Uh, I, 
I kind of liked it. It was weird uh, when he started talking at the end like he was about to retire. See, you say retire, I say die in the ring. <laughs> it, I, I, it was all right. Um, he, you know, I feel like the hype package that they showed next actually did more to hype the match than Moxley did. Uh, Moxley kind of, I, I enjoy Moxley and I enjoy his, his fire, but it kind of says the same thing. It's like, you're going to have to pry this belt out of my cold, dead hands. Somebody else wins the belt. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win my belt back. Didn't you say that with age? It's mine. I want it. (laughs) Um... We go to the like I said, we go to a video recap of the history of Moxley versus Omega. I will say this: Moxley's first appearance in AEW consisted of paradigm shifting Omega on a stack of large poker chips, and they've had a you know threaded feud for the past almost two years. We saw we saw when he paradigm shifted Kenny through a glass coffee table. We saw when they fell into a bed of barbed wire. Um, so here's my thing. I'm I'm kind of guessing these two are probably going to die at Revolution. But, you know, if so, it's been a nice run. Now, let me ask you this question. Sure. Would okay. you be more interested in watching John Moxley and Kenny Omega fight for the AEW World Heavyweight title in a death match or... Miz versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Don't answer that. Your laugh is good enough. <laughs> Back to Dynamite so they can send us to a pre-tape where Alex Abrantes interviews Phoenix and Lance Archer. Alex gives them credit for being a great tag team. Okay. Because uh, they've been good in tag team action the past couple of weeks. Archer cuts them off and says iron does sharpen iron. However... It is he himself that is the reason they are successful as a tag team. And he's going to kick Ray Phoenix's ass tonight. Phoenix responds in Spanish. Archer demands out. Sorry, Spanish. I know Phoenix I was... responds in spinach. <laughs> Archer then demands Alex translate. <laughs> and he's like, don't sugarcoat it. Don't sugarcoat it. Alex is like... Phoenix says that you're the worst partner he's ever had. Shockingly, I know, this leads to a brawl. (laughs) Any thoughts on that promo, on that backstage? Not really. Yeah. We run down tonight's card, and then we get highlights of Sting getting his spinal cord slightly severed by Brian Cage. We go to break, and then after break, highlights of Kidman shoving Jericho last week. See, I wrote down Kidman. All right, fine. Papa Buck. Early today, the Bucks arrived with their parents. Didn't we just fucking see this on BTE? It was different footage, too, so they showed on the truck twice. Mm-hmm. Look, it's our truck. Look, it's another one of our trucks. We're on the truck. I, I know, dear, you showed us You showed us yesterday. I would assume that Mr. and Mrs. Buck already have tons of fucking pictures on their phone <laughs> that Nick and Matt both sent them when they first started AEW. Like, look, our faces on the truck! 
Nick, Nick and Matt just give him headshots for Christmas each year. <laughs> we autographed them. Thank, thanks, dear. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put them with the others. <laughs> so true. Uh, then what happened? Uh, enter the Varsity Blondes. Uh, tonight they lose to Team Taz. That's right. Uh, Starks starts with Pillman. They lock up and trade wrist locks. Pillman rolls around and boops Starks with his boot, then tags in Garrison. Also, Taz is on commentary for this match. Uh, Garrison takes the wrist, tags back out. We go back and forth across the ring a whole bunch of times. Then Stark trips over Pillman on a drop down and flails to the floor, so Pillman drop kicks him. Back in the ring, Pillman wants a springboard, but gets pushed to the floor. Brian Cage then power bombs him into the turnpost, dropping his left hamstring on the corner of the steps on the way down. Uh, he then throws Pillman into the ring, and we go to box. We come back for a bicep curl slam from Cage. Then he tags Starks. Starks prevents Pillman from tagging Garrison and throws him into the corner. Starks with a big missile drop kick that gets a two count. Uh, Starks and Cage continue to work over Pillman. Starks with a sharp forearm to Garrison, but moments later, Garrison does get the hot tag. Cage wants a powerbomb, but Pillman leaps with a clothesline. Dropkick powerbomb combo on Starks gets a two-count. Uh, Garrison gets speared. Pillman gets a disc as clothesline, then a drill claw, and that's the finish. Before we go to the aftermath, any thoughts on the job match? So I, I will say this. I do think that Brian Pillman Jr. and, and Griff Garrison, they, they work pretty good. You know, especially for being so young in this business. I'm sure, what, they're both like three or four years deep tops. Um, you know, I I feel like I was impressed with Brian Cage matches when he was in Lucha Underground. And I really haven't been since he's been in AEW. Have you seen that, uh, that Impact pay-per-view where every match is a Brian Cage match? His ears shooting. <laughs> Sorry, the way you said, the way you said that. Brian Cage matches. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, Garrison in in Pillman Jr., but there's nothing like great about them either. They're very Scott Taylor and and Brian Christopher right now. <laughs> oh, that's too much. Uh, Remember when Cody and Wardlow fought in a Brian Cage match? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, they celebrate in the ring. The lights go out. On the big screen, a video of Darby being dragged in a body bag behind a car being driven by Sting. The bag gets unzipped. Darby sits it up, makes a weird smile, like he's in some sort of like 80s sitcom opening montage. Uh, and we cut to Sting's entrance video. Sting enters, dragging a body bag behind him. Tony wonders aloud if Darby's in the bag. Turns out it's Hook. This makes Taz swear. Sting points. Darby ziplines down, then hits Starks and Cage with the skateboard so he can take time to unhook himself. Darby sends Starks to the floor and leaps upon him. Sting takes out Cage in the ring. We get a stinger splash, a scorpion death drop. Meanwhile, Taz has rescued his kid. Snow, etc. We go to break. Okay, you went you went through that way too fast. <laughs> um. After it's revealed that Tyler is in the body bag, uh, what happened exactly, did you say? Uh, sting points. 
Sting. Darby's whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second. So, so we, first of all, before even that happens, um, Taz flips out. He's like, what the fuck kind of shit is that? Yeah, dude, that's your kid. You're a great father. Second of all, you mentioned that Sting points, correct? Uh-huh. Now say the next sentence you were going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. Darby zip lines. <laughs> he literally did exactly what they did at WrestleMania 12. He, he didn't dance, though. But he put the Sting fucking pointed. <laughs> That's right. Sting was Jose Lothario. He was. Oh, my God. What an entrance. It's John Michaels. Oh, my fucking God. And then I think they had to, like, cut around Darby because he couldn't get out of the fucking harness. Because they kept the camera very tight on Cage's Sting in the corner. Oh, my God. These things you can do when you're not live. <laughs> Troy in the chat Troy in the chat says you're going to get me copyright striked for that. So thanks. Oh, I don't think it was long enough, though. No. It was only, like two and a half seconds. seconds. Um, okay. So I did like this. Well, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Let's go back for a second. I understand Tony Khan has a lot of money. And he has money to burn. But he actually used money to put into production of that that Sting and Darby video? Maybe Why? Darby made the video. With all the close-ups on Sting's gloves that say AEW, but also have a scorpion on them. By the way, <laughs> Darby gets unzipped, and he sits up, and he's got this stupid fucking smile on so his face. He, smi- he smiles like he's in the opening montage of an 80s sitcom. And I'm sitting and there they, going, they put his name on the screen. Standing tall. <laughs> <laughs> I Are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm just waiting for the freeze frame that said, Darby Allen. Exactly. <laughs> this week, Sting. As long as we got each other. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, I did like the little swerve of it being Hook, because fuck that dude. And then, um, okay, this is this is going to sound weird, but just kind of follow me here. This was the best and most Sting has done in AEW. Yeah. Granted, it took three fucking months, but, you know... For nostalgia reasons, he did the stinger splash. He hit the death drop. So Cage died. Yeah. Um, Cage, by the way, who could very easily manhandle Sting last week. This week, he's like, no, no, stop hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't understand. Like, you know, if I'm viewer for the first time and I have never watched you know why isn't that large giant steroid man beating up this old guy <laughs> um, but no but to be fair I've, I've criticized Sting since day one that he has done absolutely nothing at least he did something tonight mm-hmm. 
he can never do it again because now he has to go rest because his head hurts. But it until, was okay. until until March seventh, and then. What do you think? I thought it was okay. It's all right. It's all right. Like you said, it was more it was more than Sting's ever done before, so it mm-hmm. was nice to see him do something. Yes. Um, Sting did stuff. <laughs> Troy says, "Who wants to bet me that Sting wrestles in a t-shirt?" Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He wrestles in a t-shirt. Um, yeah. which is kind of scary because. I have a feeling like that shirt's gonna get like ripped or something, and it's like, does Sting have rolls? Because I don't want to see it if he does. Who's got man tits? <laughs> oh my god, Sting! Sting gets the shirt ripped off of him. He looks like Jericho. <laughs> I'd fucking die. It's like all fucking fat and shit. All right. Anyway. Is that the end of is that? Then my turn now is my match, or was there more? When we come back from break, a recap of what happened before break. Goldfish. Goldfish. JR then sends us to a sit-down interview with Tony and Miro, Kip, and Penelope. Ah, Tony yes. Says, yes, yes, yes. Tony yes. says it's uncomfortable. Kip says this is a joke. His big day was ruined. Miro promises to destroy Orange and Charles, then invites Charles to be his butler again. <laughs> and Tony is handed a note by a PA. It is a love note challenge for a match at Revolution. Tony reads the note out loud. Then Miro reads the note out loud and calls it childish. Then, then he eats the note and spits it at Tony. Okay. That was weird. There's been a couple things this past week in wrestling that have happened where I shouldn't laugh at it because it's dumb, but I can't help it. One of them was something Sami Zayn did at the Elimination Chamber. I won't spoil it for you. Um, but this time... Miro eats the note, which is dumb. But then when he spit it at Tony, I did fucking laugh, especially with Tony's reaction. He was like, what's funny? He totally was not expecting that. <laughs> COVID. Um, um, also, yeah, it was. This is a different twist. It sounds like Miro doesn't want to beat up Charles. He's like, Charles, you are you are good at what you do. You shine my shoes. Uh, I'll make you a man. Just come home, Charles. Come home. And I'm like, can you imagine if they fuck him? Chuck E.T. turned on Cassidy. It's going to make him a man? I mean, what would you think? What would you think if, if, if Charles turns on Cassidy? It's something, right? No, thank you. No? Because you just want Chucky e. T to be the character he's always been, or because you don't see how that would work? Doesn't make sense. No, it does not make sense. But I enjoy Miro trying. That being said, like I had said before, Orange Cassidy versus Miro is going to be a comedy fest so the big scary Miro is going to get me to look like a fucking fool 100% guarantee it also Kip didn't look like a wrestler in this segment he looked like a publicist (laughs) (laughs) and Miro looked like somebody from a bad mafia movie just throwing it out there 
Penelope looked bored. So, don't you think she should be pissed because her wedding got ruined? Yeah. All right. Match number three, Cutler versus Swagger. Don't say Swagger. Cutler comes out looking... Yes. Sorry. Cutler comes out looking like a child in his Halloween costume. Tell me that's not what he looked like. That like, he wasn't, like, getting ready to trick-or-treat. Oh, are you a dragon? <laughs> oh, you look so scary in your dragon costume. Hager comes out, sands inner circle, and with that fucking god awful theme song. <laughs> Ugh. The bell rings and Cutler punches Hager in the mouth, but Hager tosses him away. Cutler continues to punch at Hager in the corner until Hager lifts him up for presumably a spine buster, but Cutler escapes. Cutler's luck runs out when Hager catches him in a waist lock and delivers a high wheelbarrow German suplex. You think he was trying to break Cutler's neck? Meh. Hager falls Who up. Knows at this point? Hager falls up with a deadlift German suplex and then beats the shit out of Cutler in the corner. Hager lays out Cutler with a big boot, followed by the Hager bomb, which is like the first time he's ever hit that move. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cutler makes a short comeback, including a Tope Suicida and a Tope Conhero. He got all the Topes in there. Cutler goes for a springboard plancha, which at first I thought he was going for a phenomenal forearm. (laughs) What the fuck is this asshole doing? Uh, Hager catches him and now hits the spine buster. Hager then hits the ropes twice before destroying Cutler with a murder line for the win. Is that your finisher? Are we away from the hug? (laughs) No more hugs. certainly looks better. It definitely looks better. Uh, after the match... Oh, I'm sorry. Your thoughts on the match. What did we bet last week for time? Oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot I made that bet. Um, I said over five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. What was the match time? Three minutes and 12 seconds. Oh, I was so close! Come on, if they decide if they decided to throw a fucking commercial break in there when when Cutler was selling on the outside, I would have fucking made it. Yeah. Also, you so Cutler low bridges Hager and then does that dive. Uh, was it like a, the somersault tope, whatever the fuck it was? Um, but Hager just kind of falls onto his stomach. That's true. And like. Before before Cutler even like <laughs> cleared the ropes, Hager's like, oh. <laughs> I was gonna say it, it. It almost looked like Cutler landed on his back and Hager just fell forward. Yeah. But it also looked like Hager just fell <laughs> before yeah. Cutler hit him. I um, didn't get all of it. <laughs> uh, after the match, members of the inner circle make their way down to the ring. Specifically, Santana Ortiz and Wardlow. Wardlow! They lay the boots to Cutler until the Bucks make the save. It's... It's gotta be... It's gotta be the Young Bucks! I'm surprised they didn't pose and have their fucking Young Bucks Bucks go off first. (laughs) They attempt to double superkick Swagger, but Swagger dodges it and rolls outside. Then him and X-Lax leave so the Bucks can call out Jericho and MJF. Jericho's music hits, but instead of coming out to the ring, we see Jericho and F. Jericho and F. Jericho and MJF. 
are on the Tron backstage. Jericho is proud to show us they have beaten up Papa Jackson. He's a bloody mess. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I would I would love to just describe this for our fans who may not have seen Ahem. this yet. Ahem. Uh-huh. They play Jericho's music, but they show up on the screen instead. Turns out they spilled ketchup on Papa Buck's face. This was this was like a parody of, of all the uh, gigging bits on BTE two months ago, right? With how oh, shitty man. that with how shitty that blood looks. See, it didn't even fucking. <laughs> it didn't even look like ketchup. It looked like a fucking like somebody who like you're in grade school and you have like your paints, right? <laughs> and somebody just like spilled a little bit of red on his forehead. Got some red on you. It was just a glob, and they tried it to was... make it look like it was, like, dripping, and I'm like, did he just dip his head in the paint? <laughs> oh, back to the last match, Troy says, imagine having to sell to Lispy McRacist. I'd assume just retire at this point. If only. Oh. If only Brandon Cutler would retire. Uh, oh, I didn't know who he meant at first, and then I got it. That's great. <laughs> Troy says, he, Papa Buck just has really thick blood. <laughs> oh my god what happens when it's made out of tomatoes and vinegar true yeah. uh, <laughs> Jericho and MJF continue to beat up Papa Buck as the Bucks run backstage now who knows though how far away this parking lot is because not far I mean it's far enough that Jericho and MJF can continue the beating and throw him into each side of the uh production truck so his blood can stain Nick and Matt's picture. And Wait, then do the Young Bucks pose. Where's Mama Buck off. for all this? I was kind of surprised that they didn't they didn't attack her too and that she it's has given, blood coming out of her forehead. It's probably giving handies in the locker room. <laughs> Maybe she joined the Dark Water. Trent's mom did. So Yes, as you mentioned, they hightail out of the parking lot in an SUV. Why is everybody getting it? A black SUV in wrestling? It's just a fucking thing. Like, everybody's got a black... I want to see MJF and, and Jericho hightail it out in, like, a Corvette or something. Like, what the fuck? In a fucking tan Ford Astro van. <laughs> it was the best we could get. It's all Avis had left. Um, yeah, the Bucks show up just too late. They can't catch them. Nice timing, by the way. Oh, do we really need the scene of the Bucks running through backstage? Like they just splice that in the middle. Why? We know where they're going. <laughs> all Bucks all the time. <laughs> Back from break, and we recap what happened before break. Goldfish. Then we kill time by seeing Mr. Buck loaded into the ambulance. You know... We then, we then watch them load Papa Buck's corpse into an ambulance. You know, I wrote here, they kill time, but then they were fucking bitching at the end of Dynamite that they were running too close to time. <laughs> fucking assholes. Of all the shit you put on YouTube. Afterwards, we get a hype video for Shaq versus Cody. I still don't care. So, so Luke Gallows loves Papa Buck more than his kids do? Yes, because Luke Gallows was there. That's right. 
Gallows hopped in the ambulance. Oh, Gallows did hop in the ambulance. That's Neither right. fucking Buck hopped in the ambulance. No. Why did Good Gallows kids. hop in the ambulance? I don't know. <laughs> um, the only thing I would care about for Shaq versus Cody is if Charles Barkley interferes and costs Shaq the match. That's out of nowhere. <laughs> well, if you watch TNT uh, basketball, that's not out of nowhere because those two are always fighting with each other. Well, I meant in relation to what we're talking about on the show. Well, we were just talking about the Shaq and Cody hype video. No, we weren't. We hadn't gotten there yet. Yes, I we said afterwards come... we get a hype video for Shaq versus Cody. Oh, okay. Note that at no point during this ma- we see we see wrestling practice, but at no point during this video do we see Shaq doing wrestling practice. No. That reminds me. Jr. made a comment that. Shaquille O'Neal is too proud of a man to come out to the ring next week and just go through the motions. He's going to be ready. He's going to be in the best shape of his life, and he's going to take Cody to the limit. That's actually words that came out of Jim Ross's mouth. Take it to the limit. He's full of shit. <laughs> Shaq, this is, I'm going to predict this right now. Shaq is going to do a body slam. Shaq is going to do a clubbing blow, and Shaq mm. might do a choke slam. That's it. What about his back fist? He'll go for it. Cody will duck. Hit him with. Gene. Can't be a cross. And then... <laughs> be a crossroads. I don't think. I don't think Shaq can move that quick. No, he's not going to hit him with a crossroads. I was going to say hit him with Jade, and then pin him, <laughs> and then pin him. Although, okay, so this is an interesting situation. Celebrities don't usually come in to, and do matches unless they're going to win. So Shaq, so Cody's going to put Shaq over? Astra says, you're assuming this match is going to happen. That's true. She's not even a wrestling fan. She knows this. <laughs> she knows this. Well, there's not uh, enough to... Oh, what if... Oh, you know what? I just thought of something even worse. What if fucking Shaq doesn't actually get in the match? He pulls uh, Lacey Evans and just stands on the fucking apron the whole time. Doesn't actually get tagged in. Huh. Then we have to sit through Red Velvet versus Jade. I was going to say, that's not any better. There's only one person who can wrestle in this match. (laughs) Maybe Cody can turn on Red Velvet and they can have a wrestling (laughs) match. You're not Brandy! Enter Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and TH2 as we get a replay of Hangman getting his ass beat last week. Cassidy's taking on Hangman one-on-one this week. Hangman goes right for Hardy, and the bell rings. Cassidy gets a mud hole stomped in him in the corner. and a follow-away slam, he rolls to the floor. Page follows, and Cassidy heads back in. Page follows and gets stomped on. Cassidy sends Hangman across. He rebounds with an enormous clothesline. Page and Hardy talk shit to each other. Then Page goes back to work. He sends Cassidy across, but eats a boot. Cassidy leaps, but eats a boot of his own. He hits the floor and gets leapt upon. Hangman then clotheslines Cassidy over the barricade. More shit talking, and Hangman breaks the count. Hangman wants to powerbomb Cassidy through the timekeeper's table, but Cassidy drops out. Hardy grabs Hangman's ankle to prevent the buckshot, then uh, shoves him shoulder first into the ring post. Silver and Reynolds come out to tattle on Hardy, and Aubrey Edwards ejects Matt Hardy. This does not make any sense. Why would Aubrey Edwards take Silver and Reynolds' word that Hardy had done something? She's just a fan. 
Uh, back in the ring, Cassidy lays some boots to Hangman in the corner, then an arm lock on the canvas, and we go to box. When we come back, Cassidy uh, is in control. He and Hangman fight over an overhead wrist lock. Hangman breaks free, gets backdrop to the apron. Hangman pulls Cassidy into the ropes, then a boot to the face. They tease the buckshot, but Cassidy elbows Hangman in the face. He hits the ropes, but eats a rolling elbow on the return for a two-count. Hangman catches Cassidy in a Death Valley driver, but cannot capitalize. Cassidy avoids the sliding lariat, but Page reverses the suplex attempt into a brain buster for another two-count. Cassidy gets an enzigiri and a poison rana for two. He turns the kick out into a sloppy cross arm breaker, which Excalibur even calls out. Page gets the ropes to break. Hangman wants the springboard clothesline. Cassidy is supposed to grab the arm to drop it across the top rope, but misses completely. Hangman sells it anyway. Cassidy leaps into a dead eye and gets pinned for three. Thoughts? The only thing I liked about the match was the dead eye. <laughs> okay, so here's a problem. Um... I'm a fan of Hangman Page. I would even go as far to say that at one point I was a fan of Private Party. And kind of still am sometimes, but... I, dude, I was fucking bored during this match. This match, maybe because it had no heat and it made no fucking sense. Like, I don't know. And it was sloppy and... What is this? Look... <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't... Just This match just didn't fucking work for me. Yeah. At, at any point, I was just waiting for Hangman to fucking clothesline his head off and end it. And he didn't even do that. He hit him with the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hardy then comes over the PA to talk more shit. He says he's going to hurt every member of the Dark Order. And then Five flails onto the stage. Hardy appears with a chair and throws Five off the stage and through the timekeeper's table. See, it's Uno, Hardy. Was, Uno was so proud of him. Jokes on Hardy, however, because nobody likes five. Sure. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of Cassidy versus Hangman? Yeah, it. I mean, it, at least it was. Uh, we complained last week about them doing these matches, these meaningless matches, just to make story beats. At least this one fit into the story that they were telling, because you know Cassidy attacked as the Jaguar last week. Yeah. So it was just a random one-on-one -on -one encounter. Um, but yeah, Mark Quinn's got COVID. Um, <laughs> it just, yeah, I was missing something. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just cause Hardy was there and I fucking hate Hardy. True. But, but, and then, yeah, he gets kicked out, but like I said, it doesn't make any sense because. You know what I noticed too? This match was in a really weird spot in the card because it was the crossover match to the nine o'clock hour. And I'm like, I don't need a commercial break for this. This should have been like the opener. Yeah. yeah, and that would have been. I think that would have fit better, and probably like, you know, what just would have worked better, and then not do a Moxley versus fucking Ziggler match. Yeah, I'm still not uh, over the fact that fucking we have to see Ryan Nemeth on Dynamite consistently now. He won. He won on Dark. Okay, fuck. <laughs> uh, we get a replay of the fucking table spot from ten seconds ago. Uh, and then Marvis stalks Kenny some more. Callis says they're busy constructing a Moxley extermination chamber. And Kenny basically says it will murder John Moxley at Revolution. Okay. Kenny. <laughs> no go. Kenny continues to hit a piece of wood with a hammer, and we go to the title card for that match. I have a little bit of an issue with Don Callis saying extermination chamber on television. Like, there's something wrong with that phrase, right? 
No. I just thought it was weird that it was so close to the pay-per-view that happened <laughs> four days ago. I was going to say that, too. It also has a very similar sound of Illumination Chamber. Um, also, I thought this was a exploding barbed wire death match. Why is he building a fucking chamber? We're gonna place we're gonna place a little metal house over the ring for this exploding barbed wire death match. Why? So no fucking fragments of bomb get shot into the crowd. <laughs> Astro's on your side. Um, I don't know. It was. I just enjoyed Kenny standing there just with a piece of wood and a hammer. Like the little, like the little kid helping his dad build a house. Like, yeah, just yeah, uh, bang this. Here, just bang this. That'll, that'll, yeah, that'll be. Who were the people helping him? Oh. Because at first I thought it was the Good Brothers. But then I'm like, eh, I don't think so. Eh. Up next, Baker versus Rose in the tournament. Let's go to break. When we come back, a recap of the YouTube show from Monday. As you mentioned, Rose defeats County, Baker defeats Not Anna, Sakazaki defeats Sakura, and Mizunami defeats Kong. So the Japan finals are Sakazaki versus Mizunami, uh, Mizunami Rio uh, this Sunday. Mizunami, but spelled different. Uh, this Sunday on BR Live, a meaningless six-woman tag match, plus the Japan Finals and the other U.S. semifinal match between Thunder Rosa and Riho. What the fuck? Anyways, We're doing match. the Japan Final, a random tag match, and the U.S. semifinal featuring Thunder Rosa and Riho, which I actually wouldn't mind seeing on Dynamite! Oh, you'll see Riho on Dynamite. Don't worry about it. Match number five, semi-final match in the women's title eliminator tournament, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. Tony Schiavone says that Britt Baker and Nyla Rose are the number two and number three ranked women in the in the women's rankings. Tony neglects to mention out loud who the number one ranked woman is. Gee, I wonder why. Britt grabs a side headlock, but Nyla powers out and hits two consecutive body slams, so Britt takes a powder. Britt throws a hissy fit and a bunch of shit around on the floor to prove that she's pissed off. Despite doing this and taking about five minutes to do it, she is not counted out. (laughs) Which is weird, because I saw Paul Turner counting. I'm assuming he just forgot how to count to ten. Britt gets back... Two. Question mark. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Head cheese? Stapler. Uh, let's see here. Once Britt gets back in the ring, Nyla hits a Samoan drop. Nyla tries to break Britt's leg again, but Britt avoids it. I forgot about that. When Britt Baker broke her leg, it was because of Nyla Rose. It was a conspiracy. Oh. Uh... Nyla hits a gorilla press slam and powders and Britt powders again. Britt sells near the turn post and lures Nyla in. She grabs Nyla's arm and pulls her shoulder first into the ring post. Stupid. <laughs> this looks so this this looks so dumb. Why, if you're Nyla, why would you reach for Britt inside the ring post? Inside the ring post. Ugh. <laughs> Is it because she's a great big fair person? <laughs> Watch it. Uh, let's see here. But that's what they were going for, though. They were just trying to make her look dumb. 
Uh, Brit has control as we go to box. During box. Half box? There you go. I mean, can't you at least call it like three quarters box? Because they do show a lot of commercials in that box. During box, Brit actually maintains control. When we get back from break, Nyla superplexes Brit, but then Brit suplexes Nyla into the corner, so apparently the superplex had no effect. There was no selling somewhere. I'm just going to ignore it. Somewhere. Somehow somehow the roll-through uh, magically revitalized her. I guess. We see that during commercial, Brit got the turnbuckle pad torn off. Uh, Nyla makes her comeback, which is weird to say because she's not a babyface. And starts to go to the top rope, but is distracted by Rebel. This allows Britt to try to attack Nyla from behind. Nyla avoids the super kick and lays... It's a super kick. And lays out Britt with a neck breaker. Nyla covers Britt, but only gets a two. Nyla goes for the beast bomb, but Britt blocks it and boots Nyla down. Britt takes time to get the black glove. If only the black glove was covered in cyanide. She turns around and gets chokeslammed by Nyla. Nyla then hits Rebel with a shitty corner, corner cannonball. That was really crappy, right? Like, that wasn't just me? I didn't make a note about it being weird. Okay. Britt tosses Nyla into the exposed turnbuckle. Britt applies a Russian leg sweep and then rolls through. Britt attempts the lockjaw. Nyla lifts Britt in a crucifix and flattens her with a urinagi. She covers, but Britt kicks out. Nyla picks up the turnbuckle pad, I guess, to use it as a weapon? I don't, I don't know. Ugh. She was just looking. She just picked it up and looked at it. Britt counters and gets Nyla in a small package, but Nyla kicks out. Britt, follow, Britt follows up with it with two super kicks. Not thrust kicks. Britt hits a crucifix bomb and gets a two. She tries again to lock Nyla in the lockjaw, but can't quite get it. Brick gets up and Nyla just punches Brit in the face. That was a fucking shot. Yeah. Uh, Nyla hits a slow one-armed beast bomb, but Brit kicks out, and apparently it wasn't a beast bomb, even though she late. I don't fuck ever. Brit goes for a super kick, and Excalibur fucks up and correctly calls it a super kick. This just saying Excalibur has been fired. Uh, Nyla ducks and hits the beast bomb for the win. Are you mad? Bad choice. You wanted Brit to win? Yes. So she could lose to Rhea? Should have won the whole goddamn thing. Uh, I know. Dude, I know. I like it, it... That was my next note. Sal, I really can't wait for Nyla versus Riho 3, can you? Which is... Uh, you're reading off my paper. Oh, yay, another Nyla versus Rio match. All right. So I, I feel like I need to address this at this point, since we're we're wrapping up this this amazing tournament. Um, you do fuck all nothing with Cheetah, pretty much her whole title reign, minus the Penelope Ford feud, which I actually enjoyed. And Abaddon. No, no, I did not enjoy that. No, but <laughs> but that's all I get. Something. I guess it was something. Sure. Um, the money match was always Sheeta versus Britt Baker because she's your number one heel and she can talk him into the building. And she has Rebel as her heater, so it works. She got hurt, fine. Now she's not hurt, why is she not 
in this title mm-hmm. picture with Riho? Is it because she has heat with Cody? Is it because she's not Riho? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. If if yeah, Britt's your best, wouldn't somehow it wouldn't surprise me if it was the first thing. If she has heat with Cody, yeah. I mean, at talking this point, for talking shit about the action figures and all that. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me if Britt Baker left the company and then did like a podcast and was like, "I had heat the minute I walked in." I would not be fucking surprised. Or if she said like, "I got heat when I started vocalizing like my unhappiness," I would not be surprised. Because one of these days. You know, everybody wants to fucking shit on the WWE the minute they walk out and sign with another company, right? That's like the norm. I'm waiting for Big Show to be on Jericho's show next week, by the way. Like, more on, more on that later. But we have yet to see somebody leave AEW and shit talk them on the way out. Now, Kylie Ray left, and to her credit, stayed pretty quiet, even though rumors were swirling. Um, one of these days, somebody's going to leave AEW and they're going to fucking let them have it. And they're going to bury them on the way out. I, if that's really what's going on backstage, if there's all that bullshit that we think there is, I don't blame whoever that person ends up being. Um, there's no reason for Britt Baker to not win this entire tournament. Like mm-hmm. said. So. Yeah. Also, where was Vicky? Where the fuck was Vicky? I thought that was a thing. I thought that, you know, Vicious Vixens, t-shirts, auditions, nuns. None, none of Vicky? Okay. Maybe she was stuck in Texas. We are told that we have to pay for Bleacher Report so we can watch the rest of the tournament. Then a hype video for the Jurassic Express versus FTR next week. Shut the fuck up, Marco. He said something stupid during the hype video, and I just, like, rolled my eyes. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was, but it was just like, shut the fuck up. It's a, it's, it's a fucking eight-year-old trying to sound tough. Shut the fuck up, Marco. We hype next week's Super Show Plus. They they mentioned in that video that Tully hasn't wrestled on national television since 1989. Yes. Why is this, why is this a good thing? Yeah, right? They kind of, like... The way they delivered that in their inflection made it sound like it was a good thing. Yeah. That's terrible. That's that's <laughs> thirty fucking years ago. <laughs> and you're like, he hasn't wrestled TV in thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> what the He's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> okay. Alright. I oh my god. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's just you're selling that bag of crap to me. You're selling me that a man who has not wrestled on TV in 30 years should be something I should be excited for. <laughs> Holy shit. Again, I hope he punches Nak- uh, Nakamura. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope he Nakamura. So I hope he punches Mako in the dick and we're done. <laughs> At least with those two being involved. Um... We also hype the arrival of Paul White as a commentator. That's what it says specifically. More on that later. Mm-hmm. We get more plugs for Revolution. Paul White and Shaq in the same place at the same time. Oh, fuck. They gonna fight. 
Tony Khan's in the back going, remember when they were supposed to have Hogan fight Flair at WrestleMania 8 and they didn't, but then WCW got them in 94 and they did it? That's what we're going to do with Shaq and Big Show. You imagine if Shaq doesn't show up and they just throw Big Show in the match instead? I'd be more interested. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul White. What's the large event Paul White doing in the Elite Zone? The, the large event. I can't take credit for that. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, we get more plugs for Revolution. Well, <laughs> well, it's the large event. We get more plugs for Revolution, and finally it's time for our main event of the evening. Now, announce the main event about- in buffer voice. Go ahead. Can we talk about how <laughs> they had a they had a tag team battle royal to determine who would face the Bucks at Revolution, and now at Revolution they're having a tag team battle royal to determine the number one contenders. <laughs> the fuck? And it doesn't matter who wins because the Bucks aren't losing these titles anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. The only team I can even see the Bucks losing the titles to is back to FTR. Yeah. So you didn't mention specifics. So next week. MJF and Jericho will have a press conference. Oh. Who cares? Uh, there's a 10-man tag for some reason. 10 takes on Caster to qualify for the ladder match. How many? What, what? Is this money in the bank? Is that what we're doing here? Basically. Because the winner gets a shot at the AEW World title, right? No, it's the TNT title. Oh. That's why it's the face of the revolution. So it's who can beat the fuck out of Darby before laying down and, and uh, taking the coffin drop and getting pinned. Right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Ten? <laughs> really? Ten? No, probably Castrol in that. Um, yeah, also at Revolution, we get the uh, we get the Mero and Sabian versus Cassidy and Taylor match. Yay. Yay. Anyway... Uh, what else is happening in Revolution? As you mentioned, Bucks versus Jericho and uh, MJF. Uh, Kenny versus Mox. Yeah, some deathmatch bullshit. Yep, and then no, but there was um, some other match. Wasn't Hardy there? and Page. Oh, Hardy the and street... Page for the first quarter money. That's right. The street fight. Oh, Sting and Darby Allen versus Cage and Stark. Stax. Stax. Yes. Yeah, we'll do. We'll have predictions next week. That's right. Uh, but right now, main event. When we return, Justin Roberts does the intros for the main event. Archer enters with Jake, and the cameraman looks at the wrong tunnel. Personally, I miss Archer throwing a random fat fuck through the tunnel before coming out. Seriously. Just gonna say. Uh, Phoenix has his cool mask and a kimono this week. Right. The bell rings. Phoenix attempts to use his quickness, and it would have worked had they not botched the hook kick and then gone immediately back to it. Awkward move out of the corner. Phoenix wants the handspring nothing and gets swatted out of midair. Archer gets low bridged and Phoenix once more dives himself into the crowd on a somersault. Uh, Roberts prevents another dive by grabbing Phoenix's ankle on the ropes. Phoenix then leaps over Jake to jump on Archer anyway. Phoenix with a hard chop against the barricade as the replay shows that Archer should have taken a front bump off that dive instead of a back bump. Uh, Phoenix gets chopped over the barricade and we go to box. We return to Archer begging for a punch to the face. Phoenix gets a couple chops, but he's wobbly. Then he gets punched right in the mush. Lance no-sells a series of chops and hits one of his own. Phoenix flails out of a chokeslam, but gets head clothesline, gets his head clotheslined off on the apron. 
Archer hurls Phoenix into the barricade, then into the other side. Then Archer cannonballs him against the barricade. Ouch. Uh, he hurls Phoenix back into the ring, throws him with a suplex. He puts Phoenix on the top rope, wants the blackout, but Phoenix drops free. Phoenix gets a kick to the gut and drops the double stomp to the back of Archer's neck. He tries to pick Archer up, but fails and gets overhead German. Uh, Archer with the old school moonsault for two. Phoenix with a brief comeback, flailing Archer across the ring with wild strikes, but then he gets sent hard into the buckles. Phoenix is fucking shit up all over the place. Uh, he does the tightrope kick, gets a two count. Phoenix does needless acrobatics into a cutter for two. He gets shoved into the corner for an elbow, then a fisherman buster for a two count. Archer goes to the middle rope. He wants the choke slam, uh, but ends up getting Spanish flied for two. Phoenix gets pounced, then buckle bombed, choke slammed, and covered, and he kicks out at two. Lance puts Phoenix on top, blackout, cover, three count, and we finish with 20 seconds left in the show. Uh, replays, then Lance picks Phoenix up by the head. Lance gives him a fist bump, and we go off the air. <clears throat> These guys are both vets. They've both been wrestling for at least 10 years, if not longer. And... Like you said, I, Ray Phoenix is capable of some amazing uh, feats of athleticism. But when he's having an off night, it's bad. And I don't think Archer was necessarily bad, but it just, yeah, it was just one of those nights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I didn't hate it. I definitely like the finish because I feel like the blackout isn't used as much as it should be. Uh, right person won because I'm tired of seeing Lance Archer lose. Yeah. But I don't know. It didn't feel like a main event. I was actually wondering tonight when they announced the card, like, what the fuck is the main event? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think the. Phoenix's issues kind of kind of certainly detracted from it. Um, what there was 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 decent. No, it wasn't terrible. But they could have they 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 could have done more. They should have done more. Like I said, Phoenix was just having an off night. So. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Dynamite overall this week? Uh, okay. So. I mean, job match, job match, job match. Page versus Cassidy, Rose versus Baker, Archer versus Phoenix. So it was half, half job matches. So there's a couple things I liked. I did like Sting's involvement this week for once. I'm not saying I want to see him fucking wrestle and and be in a 20 minute match. I'm not saying that he's 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 not fucking super old and, and should never actually be in a match. But, you know, for what we've seen from Sting, this was obviously the most we've seen from Sting. And it was fine. Yeah. Um, my issue was last week, I fucking knew it because they spent three seconds talking about this week and 45 seconds talking about March 3rd. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so next week's going to fucking just be a filler to get to March 3rd. And that's exactly <laughs> what they did. That's exactly what they fucking did. We completely just killed time to get to March 3rd. 
Granted, I get that they tried to get some heat on Jericho and MJF. You know, I thought the commentators did a good job of selling it afterwards. Like, they're vile, they're despicable. Like, how could they do that to the Bucks' father? That... I come from a generation that watched Randy Orton beat up John Cena Sr. You know what I mean? I've seen Miz's dad take a bump. Like, I don't care that the Bucks' father got beat up. It doesn't have that that effect on me. I'm not like, oh my god, they're so vile, they beat up the Bucks' father. I, you know, <laughs> I fucking laughed when Sting had fucking Hook in the goddamn body bag. <laughs> if you're gonna Sorry, involve, if you're gonna involve family, it's gotta be something like really good, because otherwise it just comes off fucking hokey and stupid. All right, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the reviews on Cage Match for for this episode of Dynamite. Uh, it's got 57 reviews, um, but there's one. The one that maybe, there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of tens, Sal. There's a couple of tens. Look at those stands. <laughs> uh, but there's one. The, the, the one that made me laugh is it's a it's a 4.0, just because the username of the person who left the 4.0 is Mave Deltzer. Amazing. Mave Deltzer says this was one of the greatest episodes of all time. No, it's got a 4.0. <laughs> this honestly just felt like a big waste of time. See? And it wasn't boring, it was pointless. That's all we did this week. Where's Pac? Quarantining in the fucking Bristol where the fuck he lives. I hate it. I hate that he's not on Revolution. I hate that Penta is, even though he hasn't been on TV in fucking weeks. Oh, dude, I just thought of something. So we had heard that Penta was having visa issues, but he's booked for Revolution, right? What are the odds that they just put somebody else in the Pentagon <laughs> Junior gear? What are the odds? Hey, that guy looks really skinny and tall and dorky. Is that Brandon Cutler? Penta, Penta wins the ladder match, removes the mask, turns out it was packed the whole time. All right. So yeah, next week should be interesting. Do you got any uh, any predictions for next week, as far as what we're what we're gonna see on March third? Does Shaq actually wrestle the, the match? The press conference will annoy the fuck out of me. It is MJF, and sometimes he does those things very well. Yeah, but it's also it's MJF and Jericho. True. You know what I was thinking of the other day? The campaign. To make wrestling great again when MJF was was Darren Young. <laughs> no, that was make Darren Young great again. Yeah, when uh, MJF was was campaigning in his build up to against Moxley. Yeah, I enjoyed that build up. I miss Nina and Gum Guy. <laughs> <laughs> we still got uh, we still got Lee Johnson though. Um, Whatever happens at the press conference next week, as long as MJF yells to the bombs, I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Cody match is going to be a dumpster fire. Is that going to be the main event, or is oh, that going to be like the nine o'clock crossover or something? Of course, it's going to be the main event. What else? Uh, next week. Big show. Wait, 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 wait. 
the final. No, 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 no. The winner of the tournament fights Sheeta at Revolution. Correct. Next week is the finals. So next week is the fu- USA versus Japan. How are they going to get the person over from? So the fucking match is going to be in in Japan. They're just going to replay a Rio match. Rio versus like Yuka Sakazaki from like 2019, and we're supposed to gonna, we're going to you know be tricked into believing that that was the match for this tournament. Um. They'll digitally put in a banner that says AEW in the background. It won't even be a fucking... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Anyway, we'll see what happens next week. Yep. It's, it's going up against a stacked NXT card. So, um, you know Tony Khan. He, he can't fucking help himself. I'm sure, I'm sure like... Okada is going to show up at the end of fucking Dynamite next week or something. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a special episode of Dynamite, so somebody's going to debut. It didn't have to be. They didn't have to fucking name it Crossroads. AEW Crossroads is that the video game title? <laughs> Sorry, the the Crossroads the the, the the thinking of Crossroads, thinking of the Britney Spears movie, makes me think of that song. Isn't the song the one that's like, she's a girl, but not yet a woman, which makes me think of the Strong Bad song. (laughs) She's a girl, or maybe a wagon filled up with pancakes. (laughs) Nobody's going to get that reference, and I don't care. Your mind is a fantastic place. Yes, it is. That one's just for me. Um, All right. Let's talk about Paul White, shall we? Uh, as we reported, as we talked about it before, uh, Paul White has signed a multi-year contract with AEW. Will not only be wrestling, but will serve in a commentary role as well. Um, according to a report from PW Insider, he was unable to come to terms financially with WWE, and his last contract with the company expired last month. This followed a segment in which Randy Orton mocked him for being retired on the January 4th episode of Raw. Uh, White was said to be very open about being unhappy with his status in WWE. WWE did not announce his exit, but quietly moved him from... Uh, Quietly moved him to the alumni section on February 19th. Uh, White, of course, has been part of WWE since February 99, where he debuted at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, at that time, he signed a 10-year contract. Uh, but outside of a brief hiatus from late 2006 to early 2008, he's been in the company for basically 21 years at this point, 20, 22 years. Um, of course, his last big match was the quote-unquote dark match for the WWE title at WrestleMania. <laughs> Um, Fightful Select released a story with additional details Um, according to the report the WB talents Fightful spoke to had no idea that Big Show was leaving there wasn't a lot in the way of goodbyes Uh, additionally Fightful stated that multiple WB higher ups commented that they became aware that Big Show would no longer be in WB in any capacity this month Uh, with regards to AW talents multiple wrestlers reportedly did not know he was getting signed also they stated they were excited to learn from the former WB and WCW world champion uh, one source who is reportedly close to White said they believed a major career move was happening for the wrestler as White had, uh, has had some major life events in recent months, including selling his house, uh, the expiration of his contract, and the cancellation of his Netflix show. Um, yeah, so they announced uh, a new a new show, but not the new TNT show, a new YouTube show called AEW Dark Eva- not, no, Elevation, not Evelation. Evelation is no word. 
Elevation. Elevation uh, is a mystery. Which will stream on Mondays sometime starting sometime later this year. Um, and Khan did uh, Tony Khan did confirm on Twitter that uh, that there is still another show coming to TNT at some point this year. Uh, so six hours of television a week now for them by the end of the year, supposedly. Um, and so it's only been over a year since they announced that they were getting a second show on TNT. But um, yeah, somebody posted a somebody posted a, 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 a meme in one of the groups I'm in on Facebook about could Paul White become the first and only WWE, WCW, ECW, and AEW world champion? Please no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. I was trying to think if there's anybody who could do it like before him, like like Goldberg or something. But <laughs> Goldberg can't be ECW champ, unfortunately. Right, exactly. Okay. So, this is a little bit difficult, and you're going to have to like follow the bouncing ball for a bit here, okay? You mentioned in the second half of that story that Paul White has had some life-changing events, including selling his house in the cancellation of his Netflix show. Now, I I don't know, you know, I'm sure the WWE made him a rich man, but you don't know. You don't know anybody's financial situation. So here's the problem, because I can kind of see both sides of it. Paul White went on Austin's podcast back in either 2018 or 2019 when he had gotten in really good shape for the match with Shaq, and it didn't happen. Um, And then they just didn't use him. They paid him, but he stayed home. And Paul White made it very known he wanted to work. He didn't think that that WWE had booked him right ever in the history of him being there. Um, And that he was excited, and 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 he found his passion for wrestling again. So here's the thing. Paul White views himself as one of the all-time greats. Whether he is or whether he isn't, that's not the case here. The problem is that that's how he views himself. So when you tell one of the all-time greats, hey, you're coming towards the tail end of your career, Um, I can't really use you anymore, I don't really have much for you, but, you know, I'll give you like 40% of what you used to make, or even 60% of what you used to make, because, you know, what am I, what... I'm not going to fucking pay you, you know, high six figures for what you do now. Paul White's going to say, well, are you kidding me? I've been loyal to you. I've been here for 20-something years. Um, yeah, I want my, I want more. I want, I want more money, or I want the same amount of money I've been getting. So I get it. Like, if I'm Paul White, I don't want to take a pay cut. So thank God there's somebody like Tony Khan who's a money mark to throw money at me. Right, right. Um, but if I'm Vince, is, I get it too, because why the fuck do I want to pay this guy? This is such a bizarre thing. It's wicked weird, dude. That when, uh, was it Troy or Jason or whoever posted the, 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 the graphic in the host thread? We thought it was a fucking joke. I thought it was, yeah. Jin just said it correct. I thought it was from Kayfabe News. Yeah. This this is so this so out of left field, not just the fact that that they signed him, but the fact that he's gonna be a commentator. 
Yeah. And obviously, it's been mentioned multiple times, he's, he also has a wrestling contract with AEW. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is, you brought him in as a commentator? Has he had this abundance of experience as a commentator? Because yeah. if he has, it's news to me. And honestly, I I don't care about Paul White wrestling in AEW in 2021. I, I don't fucking care. This company had such great promise when it first started. Because for all the people that didn't get national exposure, that were really good and deserved to get national exposure, you know, maybe you saw them in Ring of Honor, maybe you saw them in New Japan, maybe you saw them in PWG. That's what I thought this company was for. But what I what I didn't know when they first announced this company is that there was going to be another billionaire writing the checks. And I didn't know that there was going to be a blueprint of doing exactly what WCW and TNA did, and that's what they were going to turn this company into. They have signed probably 20 people that were former WWE stars and signed them very quickly after they left WWE. That's fucking insane. I mean, it's, it's inevitable that that's going to happen for certain people. Really, sure. For people like you've really Fox. only got the two, the two major companies right now, but it's also, uh, like you said, it's, it's also the impact model of, Signing them and then immediately putting them in big spots, title pictures, title runs, stuff like that, um, as opposed to, you know, using them to put over, you know, your homegrown talent mm-hmm. that you have. Which and and I mean we're, we we have finally gotten to a point where there is no champion in AEW who has a tie to WWE in any way whatsoever. Um, so that's. Uh, uh, a nice change of pace, finally. Uh, of course, uh, now, you know, three out of your five championships are held by elite guys, which is the other thing we were worried about when this uh, when this company started. But um, so, I mean, it's, it's inevitable that they're going to that they're going to sign former WB guys because it's the it's the other big game in town. They're going to jump like that. It's just a matter of how they've been used. And. At this point, and it's not it's not a Matt Hardy thing, because I actually I, I still kind of enjoy the Big Show. I just don't care. You know what else it reminds me of? Um, mid mid to late nineties WCW. Yeah, they brought in Hall. They brought in Nash. That was a big fucking deal. Fucking Kevin Nash, who as Diesel was the face of the company in ninety five. Razor Ramon, who I guarantee you had very high merch sales. You know, him or Shawn Michaels in that era, right? And then, like, even Bret Hart, right? Like, they just, 
like these guys were like guys that were that were huge names and still pretty much in their prime. Um, but then what what we f- tend to forget is that WCW also signed people like VK Wall Street, Virgil, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Boss Man. Like they signed all the old people that Vince was like, I'm not fucking paying these assholes anymore. Bossman was a bad example because he came back in 98. But still, you know what I mean. Um, so, again, I understand bringing in Mox. Hell, I understand bringing in Jericho when you first launched. But Big Show? Why? Pretty much. End of his Big Show, let's be honest here, at the very, very tail end of his career. If not, you know, past the point of usefulness. Um. Same thing with Matt Hardy, to be fair. Um, you know, I, I FTR what I thought was a good signing, because FTR is still young, and they're still in their prime, and they're still having good matches. Mm-hmm. If, if Tony Khan signs everybody who the WWE releases, which he's done a decent job of, what is your show at that point? You should have 200 guys in your locker room and, like, three of them get regular matches on Dynamite. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, sign and be a commentator and have him be a coach. You don't sure. need to see... I don't need to see him wrestle. I really don't. Apparently, that's that's a sticking point. He wants, he wants to show people he can, he can still wrestle. I mean, dude, I hate to tell you, but, like... Paul White, you you can do a fucking moonsault. I don't care. Your character is dead. Your character has been dead for ten years, at least. If you had this wicked hot, red hot character, then yeah, sure, I'll see you wrestle. Why not? You're a big dude. But but what's your character? And now your character is going to be commentator. Sorry, but it's true. Speaking of AEW champions, uh, Hikaru Shida has hit 278 days as champion, meaning she has surpassed Moxley and is now the longest reigning uh, champion in AEW history. They treat her like it. (laughs) Yeah, they gave her front row tickets to Dynamite. (laughs) That was good. Um, you mentioned three out of the five uh, champions in, EW, in AEW are, are elite guys. So the other two are Darby, which, okay, I'm still willing to be optimistic with that because I understand they haven't really done much with his title reign, but but he had the match against Cage, and, and now they're setting up a big match to, to give him another challenger. Um so Darby, I'll say the jury's still out on Darby's title reign. Sheeta, though, you can blame COVID all you want. The bottom line is you spend TV time getting Kenny in the box over with these huge stories going to their title reigns. And Sheeta did have a story when she did win the title, but other than that, you don't find time in your program to do compelling women's wrestling. You don't. Mm-hmm. And you don't want yep. to. Let's be honest here. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Speaking of uh, the women's division, um, it was announced this week uh, that Anna Jay suffered an injury, uh, a shoulder injury during training, uh, which will require surgery and could keep her out of action for up to a year. Um, of course, she was originally slated to compete against Britt Baker in the title tournament. She was replaced by Maddie Rankowski, who uh, nobody knows who the fuck that is. Uh, she lost in the first round. Uh, according to Fightful, the injury happened well over a month ago and caused a change to an AEW dark taping. Uh, while both Anna Jay and AEW were hoping that the shoulder issue wasn't serious, she recently aggravated the injury, and that'll keep her out of action for 6 to 12 months. Um, we've talked about it on, on, on this show. She is... Uh, it's it's incredible how far she's come in such little time. Um, she's one of the hidden highlights of the Dark Order segments on BTE every week. Uh, so we obviously wish her uh, a very speedy recovery and, and hope that she is back uh, as, as soon as she is able. As much as I um, have been critical, and rightfully so, of the way AEW treats their women's division... You also have to sprinkle in the fact that they've had some shit luck. Statlander, she was red mm-hmm. hot, and then she got hurt. Um, and now Anna Jay feels like was was really finding her stride. So it sucks, because I, I love seeing her on TV. Um, she was, as you said, the first lady of the Dark Order. And, uh, luck. 100% she was probably going to lose in that first round to Britt Baker. That's fine. There's no, you know, there's no shame in that game, okay? But, yeah, I thought I thought Anna Jay definitely was, was um, leaps and bounds better than what she, when she was when she debuted. But you got to wonder, too, this is, this is major, you know, shoulder surgery. How long will it take her to come back? We've seen mm-hmm. people take a long, long time from shoulder surgery to come back. Look at Finn, Finn Balor that time, dude. It was it was a year, wasn't it? Like a full year before he was like really back. So yeah, I mean we don't know how that injury compares to this one because we don't actually know what the injury is. But right. also, who the fuck is Maddie Rinkowski? Well, apparently she was. Um, she was mentored by uh, Thunder Rosa, so that was the tie-in. That um, she's one, she's one of Thunder Rosa's girls. In fact, after Britt beat her, her and Rebel drew Thunder Rosa's face paint on this girl's face. Interesting. Okay. Uh, last thing I've got this week. Uh, we've talked in the in, in recent uh, past about. Uh, uh, a, a missing member of SCU. Um, turns out he's been uh, he's been injured. Uh, in the latest episode of his Wrestling with the Week podcast, uh, Scorpio Sky spoke about coming back from a torn meniscus at the face of the Revolution ladder match at AEW. Revolution saying, quote, first mass match back coming off a torn meniscus. Had no idea he had a fucking knee injury. Um, I like to dive into the deep water and see if I can swim without getting wet. People like to think of things today as a TV business, and the TV match is the most important. As an old-school guy, pay-per-view is where it's at, and I'm excited to be back on pay-per-view and marquee match. It's a huge opportunity. You can't turn down a match like this. If I had to cut my leg off and crawl into the ring, I would do it. Anytime you're attached to the name Cody Rhodes, it's big, unquote. So, yeah, did we know that Scorpio Sky had a 
fucking knee injury? Quite the opposite. I feel like when he launched his podcast, his co-host asked him why he hadn't been on Dynamite and asked him if he was hurt. And he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm healthy. And when he launched his podcast, I do remember him still having matches on Dark. So maybe shortly after that, he tore it. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. You got anything this week? Uh, well, actually, I was going to take just a quick, quick little look just to see if there was anything on the dirt sheets that I found interesting in relation to AEW. Um, and I did find at least this one little thing that has a uh, mention of somebody who has a working relationship with AEW as far as his company or as far as his representation, and that would be Conan. You heard what happened to Conan, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, During his latest podcast, Conan talked about his recent hospitalization and how close he came to dying. Uh, So let me tell you what happened. I fucking was in the hospital. I wake up. There's six doctors in front of me. Um, a nephrologist, a cardiologist, an infectious disease doctor, and they're very, very mad. They're angry at me because I'm not taking my pills. I'm being very rude. I'm not listening to instructions. This is in the hospital. So he goes on to say that, um, you know, let me tell you one thing. I am fortunate. I do not overdramatize this to be alive. So he had a rough time. I think he had kidney problems for a long time, and then I think that's the thing is he was he was going to have kidney failure so seems to be doing better now which is good because you don't want to hear anybody dying of kidney failure because that shit must fucking suck <laughs> but um yeah that's uh just an update because uh that was a lot of talk a lot of people talking like that he was on death's door so uh, that would be it, though, from my side of the news. Uh, one last thing before we go, mm-hmm. um, before we wrap up tonight. Uh, I want to just give a huge, massive uh, congratulatory shout-out to uh, a certain member of the latest uh, class of recruits at the uh, Performance Center down there in in, uh, uh, in Florida. Um, a, a kid that I've known uh, for a few years at this point and uh, uh, has always been one of those guys where it's it's been it's not if it's when uh, so huge shout out to Christian Casanova for uh, for for signing that NXT deal um, again coming off the heels of Anthony Green just a few short months ago um, this is just uh, just fantastic, and uh, uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I'm so fucking proud, and uh, yeah, fucking kill it, dude. Fucking kill it. I remember you talking about Christian Casanova a few years ago, and how good he like. I remember you saying like, because I asked you like, who do you see on the indie scene locally that is just waiting to break out like nationally? And that's the first name you said was Casanova. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen him wrestle a bunch of chaotic. I think the dude's great. I think he has it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Um, 
he is just by comparison, he's already kind of uh gonna be tested right out of the gate because he is in all star class that they signed. Um this class includes Taya Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. It includes Bronson Recksteiner, which yes. is the son of Rick Steiner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it includes a man named Sean Ricker. You might know him as Eli Drake. Um, and it includes a few other people. Oh, yes, including Parker Burdo, who is the son of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so a lot of ta- lot of fucking names in this training class. Um I am really excited for Christian Casanova because I I think he's going to be a star, but you know right out of the gate you gotta how do you stand out in a class like that? Do you know what I mean? Not that you have to, you don't have to stand out in a class like that, but you know it WWE has a vast talent pool, and you got to do everything you can to not just get lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? So I look forward to seeing Christian Casanova on my TV or my network. Um, oh, Anthony Henry was the other one. He was from Evolve. He's also really good. Uh, and he, he's a, about to be... He's a breakout star, too, I think. So I don't think, I don't think that's uh, Brock Lesnar's son. Which one? Parker Burdo? Yeah. Brock Lesnar lookalike Parker Burdo reportedly backstage. At, okay. I guess yeah, he just... Brock Lesnar He's his illegitimate son, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, Christian is amazing. And you did you hear about NXT Evolve? What? So, NXT, so the WWE is making like oh yeah, 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 yeah another yeah. developmental brand but this one's going to be a developmental for nxt and they're bringing back evolve and i think it's going to be a show on the network yeah but i mean you have so much talent signed to nxt you don't have time for it all on wednesday for two hours so yeah, it's going to be called aew dark elevation um <laughs> anyway that's a different different show as always, be safe, stay sane, be kind, uh, do good, do good. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> you you neglected that part. And tune in next week to see Cody unintentionally get his shit pushed in by Shaq. They gon' fuck.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>